2: Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items,
1: delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116-123. That's 116-123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
3: Hello, this is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad, but not for your ears, for your feet. Are they listening? good hey dude shoes are the squishiest airiest lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to so light a butterfly could steal them so soft kittens seethe with jealousy so cushy your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention toes you have hit the jackpot of comfy hey dude good to go to
2: Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman and joining me right now is Yana and Max Cohen. This is a very special episode as I'm calling this our three-in-one show because we will be reviewing the end of the transfer window for Fulham. That should be interesting. After that, we will be doing a post-match show of the Fulham victory against Brighton Hove Albion. That'll be fun. And then at the very end of the show, we're going to be previewing the upcoming match against Crystal Palace. And that's a match I'm really looking forward to. It's a great opportunity for Fulham to get all three points. That's how I feel about that. Before I bring on my co-host, I do want to mention another walk from my friends at London They are walking from Craven Cottage to Selhurst Park on Saturday at 10 a.m. There will be Fulham supporters there and Supporters from Crystal Palace, it's for a good cause. If you're interested, please do meet up at Craven Cottage around that time. They do wonderful things creating awareness for this group com. I would highly recommend if you want to walk, walk with my friends. They are great people and they're doing such a good job creating awareness. All right, guys, time to start the show. Mr. Janaeus. I'm going to start with you. So, what did you think about the end of the transfer window for Fulham? I guess we don't have much to talk about.
3: No, it was bloody underwhelming. <laughs> it was terrible. Where's Stefan Johansson? <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Well, it it's funny. Um it the question was going to be are we going to buy players to try and ensure that we go, a stay up or are we yeah. going to go the other way and try and set up for maybe if we were to get relegated, and it looks like we've done neither. The the weaknesses that we have in this squad have not been addressed. Um, At the back, it still looks acceptable. And right now, there are a lot of Fulham fans on social media who are very, very pissed. And I can't blame them, because it looks like it's another example of us doing everything in the 11th hour and um, not getting things over the line. So it's... um, it's been a little underwhelming, to be honest. It looks like our best signing was Ryan Babel, <laughs> And I mean, that was a few weeks ago, my friend. And that was a few weeks ago. You're absolutely right.
2: Okay, well, we're going to go through all of the signings in just a second. But before I do that, I want to go over to you, Max. We have a lot to talk about with the end of the transfer window. We have a couple of signings, and we have something that never happened. We thought it was going to happen. We hoped it would happen but it didn't go through. We'll talk about that as well. What are your thoughts about the end of the transfer window?
0: Yeah, Giannis is uh, absolutely right. We needed defenders. We needed center backs. I think we needed a right back. Um, and we could have done, could have done with a holding the fielder. And at the end of the day, we got kind of a hybrid of, of two of those. We got correct Harvard nordweit who I think we can kindly say is been a Premier League reject. He's very highly rated in Germany in the Bundesliga. Yes, I think that's a positive. But as everyone knows, this time West Ham was essentially a failure. And for all we've harped on about getting Premier League experience, he's the one who has Premier League experience. But it's kind of the wrong one. It's not what we want. Um, and at the end of the day, no more. Set- I mean, he's a centre back. He can play holding midfielder. It's unclear what his best position is. People are saying defensive midfielder. Right now, I think Callum Chambers probably has a position on lockdown. So it's not really a position of real need for me. So. We, we haven't really strengthened there. And the right back, Christy, I think, was probably the biggest weak point. Anyone who watched the Brighton match saw that he was probably the weak point in that first half. He's he's a he's better in recent weeks, but we know he's not permanent quality. We needed a right back. And we right. tried to go for uh, Yusuf Sabalai. Didn't go through whatever reason. I think it's going to be an embarrassment that we left to the last minute, as always. But the fact of the matter is, we don't have any new out and out defenders. We don't. We just don't. Um, we're going to have to go through this relegation dogfight essentially a championship defense and not only a championship defense Russ, but I always say this, a championship defense who's probably bottom half of the table championship, right? Because Chrisy couldn't get, get a game for us in the second half of the season. Joe Bryan um, played for Bristol, didn't get promoted. And Dennis the is mainly a backup for most of the season. So it's not even a good championship defense. It's a poor championship defense. And that's what we're going to have to work with.
2: Okay. Very strong comments there, okay. my friend. And, and listen, uh, there's no way of getting around that because I thought that they needed a right back really badly. And uh, we'll talk about what didn't happen. You've already mentioned it a little bit. Then they bring in this player, Havard Nordvite and uh, he's a defensive midfielder and center back. He's versatile. And uh, I've seen tweets that his better position is a defensive midfielder. And then I've seen others that, that have uh, said obviously that he can play both. Like you mentioned, he's versatile, but that also gets me to think, well, what is uh, Claudio Ranieri going to do? And, Max, I'll go to you first, and then I'm going to go to Giannis because I actually saw someone tweet this out, just talked about the possibility of this. I'm not saying doing it. I'm just saying, well, you do have Callum Chambers, who is a center back. Do you risk moving him back to center back if if Nordvite's better positioned as defensive midfielder? Do you think about it?
0: I mean, no. For me, that, that's wrong. Because Chambers has been, I'd say, our brightest player, with the exception of Avery Vichovic, um right. e- ever since uh, Rainier took over, and honestly, in Salisa's ma- last match, right? That was when Chambers first played as a defensive midfielder. That's been the, the biggest storyline for me. So to change that, one of the only probably positive aspects of these past matches since November would be a mistake. So, and I can't, I can't see how Nordvite, was not played with this team, slotting in ahead of Chambers, who I think has been one of the team's best players that, that's the wrong season for me. Okay. And Chambers, remember, he was he was, he was terrible at defense, right? Remember that Swansea match? <laughs> Not yeah, the I sort do. Of thing. Remember that Cardiff match? I remember the Watford match? Yep. I mean, two were really the worst performances I can remember, honestly, in the back four.
2: Okay, very good. Giannis, your thoughts on the potential of Harvard-Nordvite Fulham? What, what are your thoughts on this?
3: Well, I, if I was Scott Parker, I'd be pretty pissed off because he's done such a brilliant job in terms of, you know, developing Chambers in, in the defensive central midfielder that can do a job. And and with the greatest respect to Chambers, he, he really wasn't very good as a centre-back for us. He was, you know, so there was a big problem there. And the other little piece of the, the nonsense that sort of annoys me is the Timothy Fosu-Menson rubbish because now we're stuck with him. Oh, Ranieri's not, not going to yeah. pick him. That's a loan signing down the toilet. And meanwhile, we have six or seven yep. wingers. I mean, it it isn't it, it doesn't make any sort of sense. It doesn't make any sort of sense. And look, we've all known since the start of the transfer window. It's not rocket science. We have the worst defence in any top league in Europe. Yeah. So guess what? We need defensive cover. We need we need upgrades. It's not even cover. We need upgrades for crying out loud. And what have we done? We've done bollocks, right? Because we, we can't keep clean sheets. And then at the 11th hour, we try and get defenders in. We try and sort out the Fosu Menta thing. Fosu is not an idiot. He's thinking, well, if I go back to Old Trafford, I'm not playing in the U21s. So he's he's you know going to try and play here. The only problem is right here, he's not going to pick him. Yeah. Right, so you've basically got a you, you might as well rename him Dead Duck because he's not going to play. And Nordvai, well that's just great, but then you upset the rhythm, you know, you upset the rhythm of the team. If he's a a bona fide centre-back, then you go, okay, fair enough, that makes sense. But if you put him now in the the middle, you know, as a DCM, and you put Chambers back, you're setting back Chambers development, and not forgetting, of course, that Chambers is a lone player. Right. So listen. So, you know what it looks like. It just. Yeah. So like, listen.
2: Um, this is just a suggestion on Twitter. I'm not saying that they're going to do this. I'm just saying that that this is a suggestion that someone had because of what others were saying about Nordvite that he's been very good as a defensive midfielder. From what I was reading, you know, again, I I haven't watched him, so again, I can't really judge. I'm just trying to think of how Ranieri will use him. Will he just put him in as his center back? And to stick with the status quo because Chambers has flourished in the defensive midfielder role. That's the reason why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, abs-
3: yeah, and absolutely. And the problem right now is is Tim Ream is shot. I mean, it, his confidence is shot. He's got pulled after 20 against Brighton, and you know, I mean, you could we could it could be farcical. We could be have a good laugh here and say, well, we didn't concede a goal in 73 minutes against Brighton, which is true. But we don't exactly inspire the greatest of confidence. I mean, teams know that they'll eventually be able to break us down. Yeah. So it, it, it just, we look paper thin at the back. We, we, we've got championship level defenders. Well, you know who they us. are, Giannis, this group.
2: And I was just thinking about this and tell me if I'm wrong, because Fulham had a center back that would always make one mistake a match. The defense really is like a group of Philip Senderosis because they always <laughs> seem to make a mistake.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm not, serious. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Oh my god, I can't. Send the horse, we love the sender horse. He, he, he,
2: he, would, he would make at least one mistake a match that would kill you, and that's yeah, what that's this right. defense does.
3: Yeah, that's that's absolutely right, and, and that doesn't inspire. You know, people have been going on about Sergio Rico coming off his line. Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, he's a super shot stopper. You saw that, you know, the save off Murray. Um, I mean, I, don't, I, I thought he was. I thought he was brilliant against. I, don't, I thought he was brilliant against Brighton. I don't think there's not anything he could have done about Murray's goals. But he's got to have a back four he can really trust. And it's so, it really, to me, it's like, you know, you get home from school and you say, "Ma'am, what's for dinner?" And your mum goes, oh, I just got in, I'm tired. And she just puts a, a load of old bollocks in a saucepan, puts a bit of oil in, and just, just pipes, you know, fries it for three minutes and goes, here you go, a bit of bubbling squeak. It's like it's been, put together, it's been put together last minute. It looks like it's, it's, um, it's an impulsive plan based on reactionary thinking, when all of us as fans know what's going on. We, we can see it. Week in, week out, game in, game out. And Tony Khan is just mysterious. It's like he's looking at another team. And so, North Valley, you know, for whatever, you know, whatever uh, reputation he brings, yep. what, I mean, he, the, the problem is if you're scouting against him, against Fulham, you're going, well, we're going to get a goal or two against these clowns. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, they're very poor at the back. They so needed it, upgrades,
2: Giannis, and I think that's your point. Nothing yeah. against this player. I, I'm going to give Harvard Nordveit every chance to succeed. You know he has a clean slate with me, but I understand where you're going on this because you wanted someone that came in that you knew was going to be an upgrade, and on paper it doesn't look like that. He could do a job for them, but at this point we just don't know.
3: Yeah, and to be fair, to be, I, I'll give I'll give um, Tony Khan a little bit of a leeway. I mean, I know in the sense that we were there was the offer that was put in for Gary, uh, uh, for our, our friend, our friend, Gary Cahill. Uh, Gary Cahill. And it turned out, he's even turned down a to Juventus. So that makes him a bit of an idiot, to be honest, yeah, because if you get that much, what does that say for you? That you you said, I want to fight for my, uh, my, you know, place in the starting 11 Don't talk bollocks. Sarri's not going to pick you. And they've just lost four nothing to Bournemouth. And if you think now that you're going to get a game, you still won't. So that, that's an indictment against the modern football in many ways. Someone who's going, well, I've got my money, you know, I will get paid every week. Nobody cares. But we've had a month, and in fact, we haven't had a month. We've had months, months to put the groundwork in and and, and what have you to to prepare for what was inevitable because we've we've had that kind of start, and yet we we couldn't get anything over the line. It, it's you can't blame, um, you know, we can't blame Ranieri and the coaches. You, you, you've got to look at whoever, you know, the man is running this operation in terms of the player person. Obviously. And it's, it's been a, it's been a DiCaprio-Winslet disaster. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a titanic mess. And, and we're just sitting there having a laugh going, well, we've got Palace on Saturday. Well, it's not and funny. This and, isn't funny. No, yeah. It's, it's not. not. It's been a it... tough game. And, and, yeah. And yeah. all the, all the, you know, all the infusers went off that brilliant win on Tuesday. It's been deflated. The pin's gone in the balloon.
2: Yeah, and and that's unfortunate because I'm looking forward to talking about that victory and then uh, obviously talking about the Palace match. And I still think Fulham have a very good chance to get all three points. I want to say that. But I understand why it's deflated now for, for the two of you. But let's talk about another sign that, again, it just happened just as we started to record. Max actually gave me the heads up that Fulham had signed Lazar Markovic. It's on a free transfer, and it's just for the end of the season. He's 24-year-old winger who played at Liverpool. And over to you, Max. What are your thoughts on this? And, again, I'm reading from the, uh, from the Fulham website, and apparently he got a good recommendation from Alexander Mitrovic. So that has some weight with yeah. me, but I'm looking at bringing in this player and I'm just thinking they needed defenders. Maybe it's wrong of me to look at it that way.
0: No, I think you're right. I think if this transfer happens any other uh, time in January, literally any other time except when it did happen, I'm happy with it. Because it's completely risk-free. He's on a free transfer. It's only until the end of the season. He hasn't committed big wages or a big contract. And he's 23 years old. He's potential. This is a man yeah. who, who impressed Liverpool at times, never really worked out for him. He's been basically on many, many loans since. I remember with the Hull, Hall yep. in a similar situation in January when they went down with Marco Silva. He's been to, I think, Anderlecht. I think he's been to Portugal with Lisbon. None of those things have worked out for him, and now he's a full on permit. He's finally left Liverpool. He's 24. He's a pacey winger. I think this, in some part, goes to replacing Kamara, who's just left on loan. Uh, obviously, not the same player, but more attacking right. options. It means we no longer have to put the likes of Aite on the bench, Honest, like that. Um, it means Cabano really? probably getting more substitute appearances, which I think. No, Giannis this is, is that's a good point. So, it's, so, so it's smart. I, I think he's taking the place of Kamara.
2: I didn't think of it that way. That's actually yeah. a good way to look at it.
0: So, I'm actually not. I'm actually happy with this transfer. It gets me a little bit excited. That being said, when it comes to the last chance on a deadline day, when everyone is crying out for a defender, um, it's just the feeling is overwhelming disappointment. Especially because you know Fulham threw it out. Listen, st- stay up, lads. We've got one more announcement coming. Yep. And it's this. There's naturally going to be some disappointment, animosity, anger. That's all understandable. Um, but listen, it- it's not the worst move in the world. It's just not exactly what we needed. I mean, I, everyone would have ever traded a defender for Markovic. We have Markovic. We don't have a defender. That's just the way it is.
2: Okay, very good. Giannis, over to you. Thoughts
3: of the free transfer of Lazar Markovic? Well, I didn't know that. Uh, we, I didn't know that Mitro was now the director of player personnel at Fulham. <laughs> That's right. I mean, he's a, he's a god. He's, he he scores with his both feet. He scores with his head. He celebrates with the crowd, and he makes signings. <laughs> um, the only, the only, the only. I mean, this guy's got one hundred and thirty-one appearances in nine years. Now he's, you know, he's twenty-four. So he's the same age. I think same age as, as Mitro. The yeah. only thing I can think of here might be where Mitro has got on the phone to to Markovic and said, now, look, um, your career has been a bit of a mess, but if you can come over here, you might be able to resurrect this, because this is a good club to come to, and you could really do a job to help us and secure your next contract. Because I think he went to Liverpool for $20 and he was a bust there. And then things fell through, Really, really really went south for him, um from the mo he went out I think Fenerbahce took him and then he went to Portugal and then he went to bloody let's not forget he played for the whole city two years He then. did. Yep. Um and then he went to Andelect and there was a problem when he showed up because he was so overweight that he didn't play for six weeks. So there, there've been some con- some concerns about his conditioning and uh self regulation in terms of of, of fitness and, and and uh nutrition. But again, could the Serbian connection make a difference here? It might do. If this Maybe. might turn out, this could turn out to be, you know, boo had, had to go. He, I mean, he, yep. and the, the only thing he hadn't done was send, you know, a, a London Underground t- train to blow up the Houses of Parliament. That's about the only thing he's not done. The last two weeks has all been happening, fights and and penalties and all that nonsense. So he had to go, and he's gone. But, this might just be a master signing. I'm just just really worried. Have you ever heard of a? Can you imagine a Tom Brady saying, "Well, um, pick up this linebacker from the Browns; he's good." And that wouldn't you know, happen, by the way. It um, would not happen. Exactly, <laughs> it wouldn't happen. And that's nothing,
2: how, nothing against Tom Brady or Mitro. It just wouldn't happen with
3: the Patriots. And, and, that, and you're talking about the best player, probably the best. Yes, the best quarterback in the history of the National Football League. Yeah, Belichick's Isn't not going to make a decision
2: because Brady recommended him. He's going to do because, it because he's the right player for the team. He's not going to do it based on a recommendation.
3: That's the thing, and it just and that's why it looks. Um, it looks actually. This looks really comical that you put on a website. He's come recommended from Mitrovic. How <laughs> second rate does that actually look? <laughs> it does actually. It really. It's like saying. You know, oh well we picked up we picked up Nordvite, right, and we got on the phone we got on the phone with um Stefan Johansson because he's Norwegian and also Eric Medland and uh, Breda Hengeland had put in a good word for him too. so We've decided we we're gonna get him. You know, of course you wouldn't you wouldn't run, you shouldn't run a club like that. It's yeah. it's sort of a little farcical. So we can have a giggle. But you know that Fulham fans are, are, are pissed because yeah. they're looking better than we did, you know, 24 hours ago. I don't know, and,
2: and that's the problem with this, Giannis, is because, again, I, I want to give Nordvite every chance to succeed with Fulham Football Club, and I hope he does. I just don't know. And uh, and I think, you know, when we look at what they needed, and we're going to talk about what didn't happen in just a second because that's the one that is really deflating to me is that I thought they really needed a right back. They needed a center back. And, yes, Nordvite might be a center back. And, uh, he uh again, we're just going to have to see if, if that's how he's going to be used. That's how I think they're going to use him. Both of you feel that it would be a mistake to make him a defensive midfielder Yep, to shake up things with Callum Chambers. So, okay, fine. So hopefully he can step right in and do a job, and I hope he does. But they still needed upgrades. I don't know if he's an upgrade yet, and that's the whole thing. I I, I wanted to see upgrades, and that's going to lead me to talk about what didn't happen, and Max, I want to go back and forth with you on this because there's a lot of speculation on exactly what didn't happen with a potential deal for Yusuf Sabolet from Bordeaux, a right back. Fulham desperately needed a right back, Max. I think you're going to agree with me on this. I was following all the speculation all morning, all afternoon, and into the night hoping that this would get done. And I started hearing conflicting reports, reports out of England that it was looking like it could potentially happen, reports out of France saying the exact opposite. And now we have opposite conflicting reports, one coming from England and one coming from France that are saying different things on why this deal did not happen, Max. So I want to get your thoughts on, basically, as a Fulham supporter, they needed a write back, and do I blame Fulham for this not happening? I don't blame them for not happening. I don't have enough details. We do not exactly know what happened here. If I'm going to blame them, it is for waiting for the last minute to try to make a deal happen, and this is what happens at the end of the transfer window. But based on what I've been reading, I just have a feeling that another club that's involved with this, Bordeaux, had a hand in why this thing didn't happen. So I can't fully blame Fulham on this because I think Bordeaux had a lot to do with this thing not happening. Your thoughts?
0: let's yeah, you say, we should always, always, always steer clear of business with with Bordeaux, because who remembers the uh, Diego Roland? The oh, the yeah, a couple ago. I mean, oh. it just really seems like a club run by really second-rate people. I mean, the report that they didn't pick up the phone. Regardless, I find this a, whole
2: thing unprofessional it, by Bordeaux.
0: No, it, 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 it's 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 it, it's not the fitting of a professional football club. Um, and you know maybe that's why they call Liga the Farmers League. Maybe they're out tending the crops late at night. Who knows? Um, but I mean, at the end of the day. You're right, don't leave your best business until the very last minute. And I know that's the nature of the January transfer window. I know it's a, it's a business negotiation. Both sides want the best possible deal for each other, and that means negotiations are gonna go until the very last minute. But if you know you're dealing with a somewhat unreliable partner, you don't leave it until the night of January 31st. And um, um, you know it's a pressing concern. We didn't just realize, oh no, Christie's a good enough tonight. We've known that, the past year, honestly, I'd say. Everything he signs, he hasn't been good enough, right? So, this is nothing new. This is nothing last minute. We should have been targeting right back from the off. And if we were targeting right back from the off, the question has to be, why did it take this long? Why did the deal have to be gone the last minute? Now, I'll be honest. I don't know about you, Ross. I don't know about you, Giannis, but I've never heard of a player before today. So, I can't go out here and say, listen, we should have been this guy from day one. That's going to be a right. hypocritical. So we have to say that Tony Khan, give him some credit, they're dealing with a limited pool. They're looking for players who a bargains who not everyone knows about, and that's always going to be difficult, yes. But, I mean, the news that he came over, I've heard he was doing an MRI scan um, in, in the London too. Hospital. He was, he was in the London area. Yep. He was on a private plane. He was in you know, London. He was here in the UK. And all that to happen and the deal not be done is just – incredibly disappointing and it really does feel like a player who I had no emotional investment in before probably today this afternoon, never heard of him maybe that's false, cause maybe maybe that's bad on me because I think he is a semi, Senegalese international, but the point is he's not a yeah. household name but I just feel so devastated for a player I've never been attached to just a day ago and that's the nature of January and it's, it's madness, you know, the, the whole yeah. um, state of modern football is just made around these transfer windows and it, it's mad because you just have so much stake in
2: it, and to feel it just taken away from you, it's got it. It is. It totally is. And uh, Giannis, over to you. I want your thoughts on this. Like I mentioned, we are getting conflicting reports. One coming from France that, you know, and again, I'm going to read this from Get French Football News, because Sky Sports had a report that Fulham had met this release clause and that they had been trying to call Bordeaux and then also trying to email Bordeaux and, and they weren't responding. This is a tweet from get F- a French football news and it states sky sports completely wrong on Yusuf Saboulai with full player has no release clause. Any deal was dependent on Bordeaux signing a replacement and they did not So that's from get French football news. This is just a huge mess, yeah. but regardless, don't have a right back, so I'm upset anyways.
3: That's right. Um, You've got right now, you've got Cyrus Christie, and the only other option could be Steven Sessingham. Right now, you don't – I mean, Fosu Manson will not play another game for this club. You know, I mean, it's that simple. He he had the option to go back. He's been
2: phased out. He's probably upset the club that he wouldn't go
3: back, so why would they play him? And we've just, and probably more importantly, we've lost the opportunity of a loan deal because yes, he, that's he, what I mean. Yes, the yes. bugger won't go back. The only other thing I'm thinking of now, um, as an option, and I, and we'll we'll see if anything transpires here. And I'm sure that Tony Khan is going to be reading, watching, watching, listening to social media. Is this? He's Bernie not going to like this show. I'll tell you that. No, he won't. Uh, but but if but if he's if he's smart I and mean, he's on the ball in this one, he's going to take a look at any potential free agents that might be out there now. Are there free agents out there that maybe he can pick up? Because there are players that are looking for contracts, and there might be a chance you can get a short-term deal for someone who can come in and do a job. Because there are a lot of players out there, not just here, but I in know. Europe, that they can do that. But the 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 right back situation right now is acute because you've really got you've got no cover so i mean how how it rectifies itself i'm not sure what i do know is that we've we've known for months that this has been a major major problem and uh, we've been sort of a bit snake bitten as well guys because you know tim Ream was our best player last year but was injured before, you know he, he got a concussion before the season and he's not been the same fella alfie mossen's been a walking sick note yep right so Dennis Odoi, we love him to death, but he's a championship defender. He's had a few good performances, but we know it is. Joe Bryan came from the championship, from Bristol City. You know, Maxime Lemarchand has done all right. But the, the, this, as a unit, this is not good enough to sustain you in a division this good. It really doesn't. So I agree. As big as, the, as, big as Achilles' heel, Russ has been, defensively, we've not been good enough. So... We know. We all know this. Uh, find a Fulham fan and go. No, I like my back four. No, <laughs> because I mean it, it, it won't happen. So if we all know this, then why is it we've waited for the eleventh hour with the potential for screw ups? And that's what's happening. If you make the you, if you make the offers early on, and a Bordeaux turn around and go, I'm not having any of this, because we can't sign the defender in the meantime. Then there's time for the deal to get over the line. But at the eleventh hour, you'll often find a lot of teams will receive bids, but go. well, wait a minute, we've got no replacement. We yeah. can accept the bid, but then who comes in to fill the spot? And that, to be fair, to Bordeaux—that's what probably what they've done. They've got cold feet. They've realised, you know what? We don't have enough cover. What do we do? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do a U.E. and we're gonna relay on a deal or potential deal. To be fair, but that's that is the those are the that's the opportunity cost. Of playing the Russian roulette, of making deals at the eleventh hour, it it doesn't it it's it, it, you're asking for trouble, and we and we've seen it and we we, we Tony Khan is going to come in is already coming for some huge vitriol, and he can't say he can't be blamed he can't say well I'm not r- responsible, you have to be proactive, in every transfer window it's really that simple, and he's not done that so now. We have Palace on Saturday, a game, you know, we without Zahar there, we, we, we've got a chance of getting something. But we've got some games. That's coming, right. But we, yeah. But Yamato, yeah, that's right. That's the other problem. He might play. And we've got some games where we could get clobbered because defend, we could create chances. But defensively, leaky, we're leaky. So um, Ranieri, I, I thought for, for a penny for Ranieri's thoughts. You know, I mean, he's probably sitting there going, what is this? What are we doing here? But mind you, all is well, because Mitro has picked out Markovic. So <laughs> we're, we're saved.
2: Okay. Okay. Before we move on, a couple of things. First of all, thoughts on Stefan Johansson going on long, Max?
0: It's it's, it's sad because, you know, he's a promotion hero. That being said, he was never going to play a role in the second half of the season. So. Yep. I, I can't have too many qualms about it. I think he'll be okay. well with West Brom, and he very, very well may take West Brom up.
2: you know? Best of luck to him. Giannis, thoughts on Stefan Johansson going out
3: on I'm I'm delighted for him. I'm delighted for him. I mean, he always gave you lots of entertainment, you know, always a, at least one cynical challenge every 90 minutes. He was instrumental last year. He's, he's not good enough to, for the Premier League. I think he knows that. We certainly know that. But he gets a chance to get some playing time, I think that's important. I don't have a bad word to say about him. Um, I like West Brom. I, I, I hope that uh, he helps him. And uh, Max is right. He probably will help him get, prom- get promoted. And uh, good for him. Okay, excellent.
0: Great guy, way. You and Emilio met him after the Wolves match. Really, really nice yes, guy. I, I so remember I you met him. And a very, very nice guy. I mean, he's just a great person. And, and that's what I think a lot of home fans love about him is that he's a genuine guy, always fights for the cause. So, again, best of luck to him.
2: Okay, excellent. All right, before we officially move on and then we talk of, about the Brighton Hove Albion match, which hopefully will change uh, the way we're thinking right now, put a little smile on our faces, I have to ask you both this. First, Giannis, to you, rate the window, but you have to include Ryan Babel in it. Um,
3: full of broken glass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, if I was going to give it a rating, it could be a rating. um It's got to be, oh Jesus, two. Okay. Am I being generous? Here? I mean, I, I, I mean, Babel, Babel's going to be turn out to be an upgrade, um, for sure. But but I mean, not quite like, uh, I mean, I've been reading in the comments of West Ham fans, and they're having I have a, they're, they're blowing lots of bubbles right now. And um, in terms of Markovic. Um, Liverpool fans on on Twitter underwhelmed. So we picked up Dud A. Well, not maybe not Dud A. Not like you know yep. he may have a point to prove, um, like Babel did, which is good. Yeah. But um, Markovic, unfortunately, is, is unless Mitchell gets it in his ear, tells him in Serbian, do something or I'll beat you up. Um, <laughs> that may not sh- uh, may not, and that and that's really the only three, and that's. And that's just, and that's poor dealing. Remember, up until this, up until this afternoon, we'd only signed one player this in 31 true. days. So, you know, are we surprised? Ah, uh, I don't know. I, I, I you bring back Berbertov. <laughs> okay, so you give it a two?
2: Max, how about you?
0: I'm, I'm being generous. I mean, okay.
2: I'm
3: being very generous
2: No,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, come on, I mean, a two is if we sign nobody. I think, it, or if we sign only one player. I think we have three players. They're not all what we needed. You're right. We there's some major, major deficiencies. But the fact of the matter is, we got Bobo, who let's not forget, the first two matches have looked a massive, massive improvement. He's a class player. Okay, Uh Nordvite, He's not going to be a world beater, but he is another option for defense in the field and center back, which we need. And I think Markovic really could surprise us. I'm going to say four. Four and a half. I mean, it's, okay. it's not two, but we still have a lot of players. You were say nine.
3: <laughs> I, I was, yeah, for a moment I thought you were going. Oh, well, it was, it, oh, I mean, for, I mean, if you go four, four and a half, that's still an average of three. No, it's now,
0: not good. It, I'm with you. But, it's, but it's, it's, I mean, listen, it's just a rating. But I think two, it's it's too low. It's not all that. <laughs> it, it, I okay. Mean, it, it, it's like
3: asking for a bowl of rice and getting a grain. <laughs> you know, it's, it, I, uh, anyway. I, think, it's okay, I think we're all softening up in our old age. I, I, really I
2: understand there, So All right, let's move on. Let's spend about 15 to 20 minutes talking about the huge victory against Brighton Hove Albion. And this is going to be the post-match show part of this episode. So, Mr. Janaeus, I'm going to start with you. You and I were messaging back and forth during this match. And uh, this was, as we say often, uh, a match of two halves. I will say that these were almost two separate matches, Giannis, because it was almost like we were watching two completely separate games, you know, a
3: game within a game. It was two separate halves, basically. Yeah, so, yeah, very much so. You know, first well, half, yeah. we had, I think it was seven or eight corners, but we let in we can see the two goals, and I'm going to give I'm going to give Glen Murray a lot of credit here. I mean, oh, I, he deserves you know, it. He deserves absolutely, it. I mean, absolutely. Those were both because great goals. You no, know, they were. And you know, for 35 for year old to play at this level to score goals, it, it, it's about it's about movement and awareness. And Murray's always been very good at that. And they were two good goals. And it was it, it was you know the conditions were wretched. They've gone two up. They hadn't scored, you know. They hadn't sco- They hadn't. S- they hadn't won a game away from home since the Ice Age, and um, we just looked what we were. We looked wreckish. Um And then, of course, you know, Tim Ream gets subbed, and at halftime the players get booed off. And then we 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 may never know what Ranieri said at halftime. In fact, it was it, it would not surprise me. If the person who was doing all the talking at halftime was actually Scott Parker and and said, Oi, you got this crowd here coming on this wet, miserable even snow, became what became snowy night. They're freezing in a you know off. They're coming out and they're cheering for you. We're being laughed at by Brighton fans and you've you've got to put in it and this is a a really poor shift. Give these give these fans something to go and happy about. Give them something to be proud of. Put an effort in, and then second half we came out and we were magnificent. We really were. We we just we ran them off the park. We scored four. We could have scored seven. Yeah, you know, post two crossbars. Um,
2: Emilio was, said was, the match could have been seven seven.
3: <laughs> yeah, and you know. Um, I, I thought we were very, very good in the second half, and yeah. and, and Chris Hughton's a, a coach I got a lot of respect for, and I I like Brighton's team. I think they're a very nice balance, and you know they definitely are a club that punches above their weight. But sure. that showed, it showed a lot of fighting and spirit, and um, we showed, and the substitutions turned out to be very, very good. So it was a it was a deserved win, um, but at halftime, I don't none of us saw that coming.
2: I didn't, Yannis, and to be honest with you. At halftime, I thought foam season was over. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm gonna That's what, how I felt at halftime because I thought there was no coming back from that. So for them to do a complete 360 and win the match in the way that they won the match, it gives you hope. But there's obviously a, a lot of work that still needs to be done to survive this season, to stay in the Premier League. But now there's a glimmer of hope. That's what they gave us on uh, Tuesday night, Giannis.
3: Yes, yeah, they did. They showed they 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 and they showed the fight line. that we want to see. They, that's exactly right, Russ. They they decided to show some fire. And they showed an amazing what a little bit of confidence will bring. They Exactly. Everybody put a shift in second half. Everybody really I mean and and it was great to see players like, you know, Seri finally really showing up tremendous quality. Now let effort. Oh, it, it was and and, that, and that's good news. Now, the question is: Does one swallow make a summer? Well, we don't know. But it's a start, and it gives us something to to, to look forward to. But it was right. what a what a what a what a great game of football, and what a a weird weird game of football that was. It was.
2: Max, over
0: to you. Just your thoughts
2: of uh, what we watched Tuesday night.
0: Yeah, I thought, again, you're, you guys said basically it all, a game of two halves, probably the, the prototypical game of two halves. It reminds, reminds me a lot of, uh, you remember the Reading match? We were down 2-0, came back to 1-4-2 in the championship days. Um, that front line was the likes of Dembele, McCormack, uh, and Kakinichvich shipped in. And, you know, on, on Tuesday was the likes of Mitrovich, Yeso, Chambers, Babel, all running riot, And it, it was a joy to watch, and it really was, what a lot of people remarked, it was a return to Solis's way of football in, in many ways. Yeah. It was us attacking on the front foot. I mean, Carney stroking passes, Sarry getting involved. I thought he had one of our best games yet for us. The really passing was him.
2: fantastic in the second yeah. half.
0: I'm gonna sing about one player actually wrote about him um after the match in the boot room, and that's Luciano Vietto. Yeah. Who was probably the most unlikely figure I would have ever picked out to come off um <laughs> and impress. But because under Renier he'd seemed frozen out. He'd gotten odd chances. I remember against Leicester, against Burnley, but never really got in any matches. Looks pretty full of confidence. But he comes in, and essentially, you know, runs the show and, and gets his first goal. And, and what a moment that was! And he added that that quickness, that pace, that intensity, yep. the quick passing, the good runs that I think we all expected from him as Atletico, Madrid loanee. And if he can play like that, if we can attack like that, I mean, that's really cause for optimism because. That blew away a very resolute looking Brighton team, honestly, with ease. And we could have got, you guys are right, we could have scored seven. We also could have conceded seven, but we'll focus on the scoring (laughs) because that's what we're doing. And, and, you know, we're getting more attackers. I think the game plan, honestly, is just attack every single match. Yeah. Because the defense is going to be terrible. We got no reinforcements, essentially. But the attack, the attack would be quite good.
2: (laughs) Well, they certainly show that they have that ability. And uh, that's what was encouraging about that second half. When you go down like that, I didn't see a a way through all that mess. I didn't see them coming back from that. But they did. And Giannis, the first thought that came to mind, and maybe it's unfair because I'm not saying this is going to happen again. Because for me, the great escape really took off away at Manchester City. They were down 2-0 at the half. Fulham were down 2-0 at the half against Brighton Hove Albion, and they just came back and won. I'm, maybe it's a little wishful thinking on my part, but I thought of that Manchester City match. Giannis, your thoughts? Well, the, I've gone back to watch
3: that, that that game, the replay, many times. I mean, 2 nothing down um, at halftime. You know, I think Stephen Island had scored the first goal. Yes. Um, um, we would deliberate, and then it was – it was Diamante uh, Camera hit the shot um, through Joe Hart's legs. Yeah, I remember. You know, Danny Murphy missing the penalty, but scoring on the rebound, and then that <laughs> the rebound, yeah. The brilliant take away by Camera, uh, the brilliant, yep. absolute electric play, and um, it, it's it's something we'll never ever forget. And it was reminiscent of that. It showed that we had some life, and and, and the Fulham fans deserve a lot of credit here, and I like. And to be fair, then, they deserved the boo and have a go at uh, the fallen fans at yeah, the, the foreign players halftime because it wasn't good enough. We 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 yeah. looked like a sorry mess. And then second half, once you know, once once we got the chambers got the first goal back. And by the way, what a brilliant knockdown by Mitron. Absolutely yeah. wonderful knockdown. Um, then the fans, you know, the, the, they felt the momentum, and and we we became the twelfth man. And um, the Brighton fans were all, you know, cock a hoop after 17 minutes when Murray was giving it large to the Fulham fans. Suddenly went very quiet. The seagulls had lost their wings, and um, you know what? They went down. Very sorry down the A, the the, A3, the A. Um, uh, what is it? The A2 down at Brighton. I don't know, the, a, the A23 down at Brighton. We're down at Brighton. And to be fair, um, they was they ended up being second best. We, yep. you know, um, so it was it was one of those one of those games, Russ, where you'll go look back and go, God, do you remember when? Yeah, uh, it was just a, it was a memorable win for a lot of reasons, and if only because in many because the first half was so miserable.
2: Good stuff there, my friend. All right, just for time's sake, we're not going to go through the starting eleven. We're just going to get right into it. And, uh, Mr. Cohen, I'm going to go to you and we'll just talk about. The First two goals here because again, it started the match off on such a sour note for Fulham. And glad that Giannis brought this up because both goals by Glenn Murray I thought were, were very good goals in the uh, third minute and then in the 17th minute. And then I want to go to you, Max, because I think we need to talk about this. I talked about it with Emilio on full time, and uh, I don't think at the time he had a really good chance to take a look at the video of this. What were your thoughts when Dale Stevens? <laughs> Only got a yellow. I thought this was a clear red.
0: Yeah, this has kind of become my uh, my celebrated cause in, in, in the past couple of days because I actually took the video um, off the NBC yes, Sports stream that showed the, the best angle, and it kind of went viral. I got like over 100 retweets, probably my best tweet ever. Apparently, probably ended up taking it down due uh, to copyright restrictions. But, you know, they can't uh, hide the truth. And the truth <laughs> is that could have ended on the show's career. I and mean, that's a disgusting, despicable challenge. You look at it, and, and I have a freeze frame where Dale Stevens is nowhere near the ball. Sherlock actually nutmegs him. And Stevens comes through with his studs really totally out of yep. control yep. and basically clamps on his, on his calf, on his calf, you know, shin area. He easily could have broken his leg. Sherlock was really lucky to escape serious injury. I think he might have come off at halftime due to that, due to the, the, the effects of that challenge. But if that's on a straight red card, I don't know what is. And again, another really great example of why we need VAR uh, in the Premier League because there's no way that call should be missed. I mean, that's just so blatant.
3: Totally
2: agree, Giannis,
3: Your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's an argument right there for you know um, retro- retroactive uh, retroactive punishment. It was a it was a very very poor challenge, and and Max is right. It, it could have um, it could have ended his career. And, and there's a few wags on social media who would who probably dreaming that it would end his career. Um, but the fact is, it was a it was it was a red. I mean, he looked after the He's not a malicious player, but I, I, he looked sheepish when the, the the ref came over. I think we we're all convinced it was going to be a red, and it wasn't. Yeah. But um, you know, it um, it's it, I mean, it's usually a black and white call for me. The you know, the studs up is usually a no brainer. Now, I, whether you have got shin pads or not, and the shin pads him. I mean, it, it, there's no question. But it's still a red. It's still is still intent, and it should have been given. And you know we've said it many many times before. If you've got a referee, I think I mean if you, if if you're going to be bad, be consistent. And um, unfortunately, he wasn't particularly consistent. But no. you know I think I mean and to be fair, if this shoe would have, was on the other foot, we'd we'd say that. Um, you know, we'd be very, very lucky to get away with a yellow. Yeah, we would say, it. I
2: I think we would be honest and say that if it was a foam player, man, that that looked terrible. That wasn't, he was lucky to get a yellow because in in that case, it it should have been a red. And um, let's go a little bit further in it because I want to talk about this because Glenn Murray not only could have had a hat trick, he could have scored four to five goals because he had some very good opportunities. In the 37th minute, his uh, shot is saved by Rico, and I thought Rico came up big throughout the match. And then um, later on in stoppage time, Murray had a very good chance to score. So Fulmer down 2 0 at the half. And Max, I want to go to you because Giannis and I have already really talked about our thoughts at halftime. What were your thoughts at halftime? Did you see a way through?
0: It was a sense of shock. You know, I mean, we we see Fulmer go down so many times this season and we become numb to it. You know, I remember. That was probably what it was like in the 2014-15 season when we just got relegated, and we looked like we were going to get relegated again from the championship, and the losses didn't even feel painful anymore. We just lost all feeling. So I just felt hopeless. I couldn't see us getting out of it um, because, you're right, we got booed off at halftime. was a little bit of a flourish towards the end of the first half, but the only real opportunity we had was Bob's long-range effort. There wasn't a big push. And I did think at the end, you know, If there's ever a tire of this team to show its true character, it's now. And, miraculously, it happened.
2: It did. It totally did. And that's going to lead me to go right into the second half. And let's start here, Giannis, because Max already talked about Vieto. Vieto, I thought, played very well. What were your thoughts, though, when he came on for Sherlock to begin the second half? Were you for that move?
3: No, I wasn't. because. I'm in the and camp, and um, okay. I, I just I just think that Cessignon's uh, right age that he needs to get some time and he's lost some confidence. And the only thing I was thinking was, you know, maybe Bielsa had a good week in practice um, because it, it really, if you looked at that starting eleven on Tuesday and you looked the bench, will tell you really everything you need to know. Cabana's is not going to inspire. Aite will inspire even less. So really, what do you have? Vietto can produce something, and that's maybe the yeah. frustrating the frustrating thing about Vietto, because again, he's inconsistent. He can do what he did on Tuesday, and you know, score a goal and look very very lively. But then at Selhurst Park on Saturday, what Vietto are we going to get? And that and that's the mark of a good player, for me. Is one that could put it in gaming game out. I think so many Fulham players could really take a leaf out of Nitro's book because the one thing that really impresses me about what he does is that often he's put in positions where he has little support and gets little joy, but he never ever stops working and he can make things happen. And if you every Fulham fan will appreciate a blue collar effort and. Wow. That's what he brings us every game, and Vietto has been really in and out. Um, and with Scherler, you know, you you, you see that wonder goal against Burnley. Yep. You know, he does have some quality, but he can't defend a leg, and he's not very disciplined. Um, he's not committed to defending because because I believe he doesn't he doesn't believe he should defend. So. You know, it, to get out of the fight, everybody has to roll the sleeves up. And in the second half, everybody did that. And that's called teamwork. And yes, Vieto including the Including Vieto. Uh absolutely. I mean, he, he, he did a job and he did what he needed to do. And maybe this is a... Uh, oh, that's a word for wise, isn't it, really? It's just... Um, <laughs> Ranieri can turn around and say, now, look, this is what happens when you do... These things right. But I'm yep. gonna go back to my earlier point, guys. I think I think Scotty Parker had a big say in the half time talk. I think he probably I think he did the hairdryer treatment of players. Or he might have said to something to Ranieri and said, Can I do this half can I say something in my halftime? Because, you know, he's a passionate he was a passionate player and I'm sure he tore a strip out of them, said wait, the same good enough. And um second half we've come out a completely different team. Yes, so absolutely. Pleasing. in, the question will is, can we
2: replicate this on Saturday? Absolutely, Giannis. And I forgot to mention, also in the first half, you mentioned it earlier, Tim Ream coming off and Tom Kearney coming on. That was also a factor in this match as well. Turning point because, again, changed the shape. And that was early in the first half. But then, of course, you have the, like I just mentioned, we just talked about the substitution. Then you have the goal very early on by Callum Chambers. They needed this goal, Max. Your thoughts about the goal from Callum Chambers?
0: Well, it was it was a rocket, and I, I had a funny story about it because I was, at, so I was watching on my computer. I had my phone out as well. And normally I try to avoid um, looking at my phone alerts because I put them tweet notifications on, and the tweet be so ahead of the stream, right? So I don't know how the international fans can relate to this, but I actually looked at my phone because, I don't know, the match reaction, and I saw they phone tweet, yes, Callum, like, you beautiful man, or something like that. So that was probably 20 seconds before the goal happened. So I knew Callum Chambers was going to score, but I had no idea how. And let me tell you, I don't think in a million years I would have ever predicted he would have scored that way. (laughs) I mean, what a hit it was. I mean, basically, he plants his left foot and moves back his right foot. The technique on that is superb. And we've seen him had really good strikes. I remember most notably against Leicester that were really well saved. But that goal, I mean, what a release it was. And it came at the perfect time. I mean, literally a minute and a half after the second half starts. You can master a better goal at a better time. Uh, And I was just really pleased for Callum because I think he's been excellent ever since he moved to that center midfield role. He's been passionate. He's been really endeared himself to the Fulham fans. And I think he deserves that, you know, more than anyone else.
2: Okay, excellent. All right, Giannis, back over to you. In the 57th minute, you had the opportunity from Vieto, which goes over, but it was a great opportunity. But that obviously then leads up to the goal by Alexander Mitrovic. And let's talk about the first goal by Mitro, Because for
3: me, this is all effort by Mitrovic. Your thoughts? Reminded me of Brian McBride. I mean, the, the, that the McBride in a Fulham jersey was everything and plus. And I, I, when I saw that goal, I kept thinking of all the, the players I'd come to respect and, you know, got to love as a Fulham fan over the years. And this was a, this was a player. This is a player who since the first moment he put a Fulham shirt on has signaled his intent. And nobody can say otherwise it, it you know, Newcastle fans are humming and ahhing, but he I want to come here. I want to come to Fulham. And he's been, he's been magnificent. And that goal, I mean, the Brighton fans were, un, were uh, unhappy with the defending. They were unhappy with the people yep. coming off his line. Disease. It was just sheer will, just sheer Shere will. Great determination. Absolutely. Yeah, determination. And, um, it was it was a it was a super goal and it'd been coming because all of a sudden we started to expose their full backs and all of a sudden Mitchell who didn't get a lot of joy in the first half with their centre backs, was starting to really put himself about. Maybe it took a, a, um, a half to wear them down a little bit. But second half he just just rode them for lunch. And it was just a goal of, of sheer um guts. And once that goal had gone in, I knew we were gonna we were gonna get the points, simply because Brighton Looked looked lost. I mean, as as positive as they were in the first half, they were shell shocked. They were they were composed on the ball. They looked look organised like every Chris Hughton team seems to be, and they looked very very comfortable. They looked as shell of the the, the, the team in the, in the second half. We just ran them ragged, and um, it shows what a bit of will a difference a bit of will can can make because. Um, I think I was I was I was wondering, Ross. You know the reaction to the Spurs game. We played so well, yeah. And you know, should we have you know should Rico kicked it down the thing? Could we have just got a point? Blah blah blah. And it looked like, in many ways, the first half was a hangover from the disappointment at the end of the, of the potentially. Season. Yeah, we just we looked sorry for ourselves. But then, for whatever reason, we we remembered the good things that, let's be honest, gave Spurs a lot of. Trouble at the cottage, yeah. And except this time, things came off for us. Things we got a slice of luck. Things went our way, and we got a positive result out of it. And so, I'm hoping that it's building a bit of it's more faith in terms of the players in each other that they really are in the same ship. They have yeah. to stay in the same direction. And but and Palace, is a chance for revenge. You know, after the first game of the season, where we all went in thinking, "Oh, we're going to beat this lot. You should, this shouldn't be a problem." And they beat us, and they were, the, they were probably the better side. So this is going to be a good game, and um, good confidence in second half, and I think n- nothing exemplified that more than uh, than uh, Mitchell's equalizing goal.
2: Totally agree. But, you know, after that, it just continued. The dominance continued. You have the shot by severing the 66th minute. That was a very good opportunity. But here's a key moment that I think we should all just take a second to think about, you know, because it wasn't just about going forward. They still had to defend, and and uh, I just want to say, Sergio Rico had to really save Fulham here, because in the 72nd minute, he, he had i a, will a, say a, a save that changed the match once again. Because if he doesn't make this save, I don't know if if uh, what happens after that happens, because that's how important I think the save was by Sergio Rico on another shot by Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray had four or five opportunities in this match. Like I said, easily could have had a hat trick if it wasn't for Sergio Rico. So I want to mention that. And then that leads, two minutes later, Max, over to you. The goal by Alexander Mitrovic. And what were your thoughts about this? This was this set up by uh, Joe Bryan, and uh, there were some complaints by Louis Dunk after this, but for me, this had more to do, like the first goal, the determination of Alexander Mitrovich wanting it more than Dunk.
0: Yeah, you know, who would have thought putting in crosses to Mitro would be a good strategy? (laughs) I I had no idea. No, I mean, this shows the value of Joe Bryan in some instances because he's one of the few players um, who can actually put in a really good cross in the Fulham team. Christie is certainly not one of them. But Bryan, you know, for all of defensive lacking. Is very, very good at putting across this. And it was next for the yep. ball. He was a nice interchange between him and Bobble. Bobble showed good intelligence to cut it back to him because Brian had a much better angle. And it's just a picture perfect ball. And listen, Lewis Dunk and Shane Duffy, those are two of the most physical defenders in the Premier League. And as you guys mentioned, Mitchie Rich had him in his back pocket that the entire second half. He was all over them. And they can complain all they want about him pushing them, but they would have been doing the exact same thing if they're up attacking a corner. And they right. probably manhandled strikers just as much. So. I think for him to claim that, it was kind of funny to see, um, I think dunk on the floor protesting a big, strong center back is just very much humbled by Mitrovic reminds me of what he did to Richard Stearman last season. You know, he has that knack when he goes against strong players, yep. he relishes the challenge, almost plays better because he knows that he can bully them and uh, they will be an equal fit. But at the end, he'll win out. Uh, it was just a great goal. And that probably goal goal I think I celebrated most um, up to the season. Cause that was just so satisfying. I mean, what a comeback it was. I mean, we just don't come back from deficits like that in the premier no. you know, except for a Man City match. We don't have these big, thrilling comebacks. <laughs> it's not what Fulham does, you know. So you know, that was really precious to me. That was a special moment.
2: It was. Uh, shortly after that, Joe Bryan goes off and Ryan Sessignon comes on. And then, Giannis, over to you. I'm going to give you the honors of uh, the fourth goal for Fulham. Luciano Vieto scores, but this has to do, starts with the... Shot by uh, Tom Kearney that hits the crossbar. He hit it twice. This is the first time he hit it. And then it yeah. uh, ends up with uh, going to Ryan Babel. And then it ends up with Vieto. He heads it in. Thoughts on the fourth goal here?
3: Yeah, a little bit, a little element of luck. I mean, Kearney's cutting on that lovely little uh, foot. He's cracked it. Keepers beating all ends up. And Babel's crossed it back in. And Vieto's almost an impulsive header. But I don't, you know, I don't begrudge him that because he. he he put in a really good shift in the second half. You could see the joy and delight of scoring a goal, and that's going to give him a lot of confidence. And and by that time, I, you know, I didn't really, think, I I didn't think they were going to come back. Um, but and that was really indicative of the pressure that we put on the whole of the second half. And going, just go back to that third goal, Rust. The, the the cross from Brian for for Mitro's second was decent, but but Mitro really had to stretch and really had to put put Line neck muscle power. That was a very, very good goal. Yeah. It wasn't the ideal cross. But to me, that was all Mitchell's work. And, and it's, as Max has said, get crosses in. Get Absolutely. the body crosses in. He's going to get there. Are we gonna, I, mean, I think Reneri has
2: been just really trying to get at them to get more crosses in the box.
3: Yeah, and, I, I, and this is part of the problem in terms of having your fullbacks. You know, you've got to have players. There's nothing worse than being a coach who doesn't have options. And, and unfortunately, if you look at the bench, you don't have many options. So, and and right now, I'm just going back to that, the transfer deadline nonsense. Fosu just a, a, that thing has really put us behind because now, if Ranieri's gone bollocks, you're not playing another minute this year. Christie is the de facto right back for the rest of the season. That's right. Unless, a door, unless, you know, Northside goes back, it goes into, as a centre-back role, you put a Adoy right back, and I don't really fancy that. You've really got Cyrus Christie unless you bring Stephen Sessler along. Okay, so there's an option there, or could you flip Ryan to the right? Possible, but you really want to push him further up the field. And this is where, really, you've got a chasm and you've got a lag. You needed to get that, that sort of cover. Yeah. So, one of the things we've been crying for is fullbacks and winners that can cross balls in the box for Mitra. We remember yep. what McBride was like. You know, I mean, this is, it, you always love that, that, that element. And that's why it's interesting, you know, looking at the deadline, that, you know, we'll, a lot of people are laughing at Peter Crouch um, going over to Burnley as part of a Sam Vokes switch to Stoke City. I think that's a very clever signing because Burnley's fullbacks a decent crosses and and crouch through his height can get to those balls, and so you know you play you play to your strengths. Mitro is our best player, so yep. what does he like? He can hold the ball up, yes. Um, he can not the ball down. I can't talk enough about that first all The chamber scored that knockdown by Mitro was just fantastic. Yep, and he's brilliant in the air. So. So Ranier will be pissed off because he's going to look and go, well, where the the crosses coming from? How are we going to score goals? So, um, But if Mr. Khan, if you're Tony Khan, or Mr. Khan, we'll call him Mr. Khan because I don't know him. But Mr. <laughs> Khan, if you're, if you're listening to this, uh, I hope you learn a lesson from this because um, you've got to, you really have to play to the strength of your best players sure. and provide the support that they need. And unfortunately, this in this window, it hasn't. You know, babble notwithstanding hasn't
2: quite worked. Okay, very good there, my friend. Just want to mention uh Fulma obviously see the match out and it was a very rewarding four to two victory. And I was feeling great after that, guys. Unfortunately, two days later we're doing this show and I'm a little deflated for what you were just talking about, Yannis, the window. But you know what? I'm hoping that they can build on this and uh we can see a Really good performance uh, against Crystal Palace. But before we do that, I want both of you to give me your man of the match first. To you, Yanis, man of the match.
3: Oh man, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm actually gonna get. Uh, I'm gonna get some stick for this one. I mean, I thought, I thought Mitchell was absolutely magnificent, but I'm gonna give it to Seri. I understand I thought, that. Yes, yeah, Sarri had his best game in a full jersey. I thought he. He, I agree. he was all over the park. Um, he, he had a, a shot that hit the post. Um, I, thought he was, I thought he and Kenny worked well together in the centre park second half. And Mitro, as great as Mitro was, time to spread the love on this one. So I will give it to, to Seri, but but with Mitro and Chambers as honorary mentions.
0: Okay. How about you, Max? It, it's tough, you know. Not normally are we blast with such a choice. You know, if he was man of the match award. it could have easily been Mitro, Seri, Chambers, even Canny, Vieto, but I'm going to go with the, the tried and contested one, and it has to be Alexander Mitrovic. Without him, we don't win this match. Simple okay. as that. And he just brings the yes, He's blue, our talisman. And, you know, special mention to him because he kissed the badge after that third goal. He oh. celebrates in front of the handy end. That guy's told him through and through. And I think, you know, a year to the day since we signed him. We're very, very lucky to have the services
2: at Craven got Okay, excellent. All right, guys. It's time to preview the match against Crystal Palace. I know that they have a signing, a loan signing, that's pretty significant. So they're probably feeling good. But they are missing a key player, and I think that's going to be a huge difference in this match. Giannis, over to you. Just your opening thoughts on the upcoming match on Saturday against Crystal Palace. I know that they just made the loan signing. For a striker, but losing Zaha for me is massive, and I think that's an opening for Fulham.
3: Yeah, I, I would agree with you, and I think that um, this was a game that I was looking, I was actually looking forward to, um, even even before the Zaha thing, because I I think you know I thought we underestimated Palace first game of the season, maybe, and they showed yeah, and they showed tremendous professionalism. Um, it looked like a group that had been in the Premier League for a while. They looked professional. Yeah. Yes, they looked, they look they looked seasoned. And and yeah. uh, and I, you know, they got the draw down at St Mary's, um, in the week. But to me, to be honest, they're a better team than their record suggests. I think I, I, they shouldn't be where they are right now. And and, and this is not Roy, this is Roy Hodgson, notwithstanding. They've got some very very good players. And they're, they're a team that um, are well organised, like every Roy Hodgson team is. But they they play really they play good football. They they've picked up some notable scalps. We're not going to forget the Man City win for sure. Losing Zaha is going to be a problem. Um, but they've got players, you know, like Ayu and, and, and Townsend that can cause us all sorts of all sorts of bother. And and you know I, I like that. I happen to like that. When you've got Players like you know Benteke and even Connor Wickham, who's just come back and from, from you know a long, long layoff, and it's actually good to see him back. Um, you know they've got a lot of quality, um, but I'm expecting this is going to be a good, a good game. Uh, I, 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 I'm I'm very intrigued to see which Fulham team shows up. If, if Hodgson's looking at the table, and I'm sure he is, he's probably going well. To be to be honest with you. You know, we've got a team that's got quality, but we're fifteenth, and we're only you know four points ahead of Cardiff, and that's and a better goal difference. Don't get me wrong, right. but they still are in. They are. In the, they're in the dogfight. Yeah, they Even are. Newcastle's win against City still keeps them in the dogfight. Yeah, you know. So um, it's a very important game for Palace, and it was sort of a double you know whammy for them because if they got a win down at St Mary's. You know, 26 points. They go into probably going to you know going to 13th above Brighton. You know, decent shape. But the draw against Southampton makes things a little nervous. It's going to be a nervy game because they're tied with Burnley on goal difference, and Burnley is 17th. So it's a game where they know we're going to want revenge, and they're without their best player. And um, it's going to be very intriguing. I don't underestimate them. I like I like their I do like their team. I, I really do. And okay. uh, I'm, I'm scratching my head as to why they only have 23 points. Having said that, it gives us a chance to get points down there. Um, uh, I, I'm not sure I can predict what's going to happen because, bloody hell, do we ever know what's going to happen with our lads? <laughs> but I think it's going to be a good contest. I do. Okay. I think okay. we'll put up a good fight. I think um, we'll be good. be a good
2: game. Okay, very good. And I uh, just want to mention the lone player that they added from Chelsea, the striker, Mitchie. And uh, he's a dangerous player. So I understand why fans are now all, well, they, I know they lost Zaha, but they just evened it out by adding Batuai. I don't see it that way because I think Zaha is extremely important to them. Batuai can help them, but again, will he be ready to go? Maybe. We'll see. I think losing Zaha hurts Crystal Palace in this match. Maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see what happens. Max, your opening thoughts.
0: I think we've developed this kind of a little bit of a rivalry with Palace, not necessarily based on the pitch, but kind of the fan bases are having at it. You know, a lot of them giving a stick for clappers, and the old picture comes up of their clappers from however many years ago they are being a bit hypocritical. They see themselves as kind of almost, I think, taking our mantle. You know, after we left the Premier League, I think Palace, in many people's minds, occupied the role Fulham did. A nice club from South London, you know, everyone's kind of second team. Good family club. They're always going to kind of finish mid mid table. I um, and I think the council kind of threatened by us honestly now that we're back in the prem with them. We need uh, we need the win and, and and this team has been very two faced. I think they can go out and beat a team like City, draw a team like Arsenal, and then turn in pretty abject performances against teams you know with them in in league. You know we've seen like, the match against Southampton is, is an example of that. I know they've gone other places and gotten underwhelming results. And their biggest thing this season is a lack of goals. Uh, they rely too much on Zaha. Townsend can catch form, but he's inconsistent. Now about two, I doubt he'll start. Benteke has been out of form for ages. Wickham just coming back. But this isn't a very creative attacking team. But one thing that you guys mentioned, Giannis, perfectly, they're professional. Yeah. They're managed by Roy. They know what it takes to win in the Premier League. They're very streetwise. And we saw that when they beat us 10-0 the first game of the season. You know how to soak up pressure and hit teams and score when it matters. So it's going to be a tough match. I mean, this is again a very three-wide experienced team. Everyone on that side is chock full of Premier League experience. But listen, if we play the way we did the second half against Friday, we need a 90-minute performance. But if we can play that attacking manner, I don't think play with the Blades can contain us.
2: Okay, excellent. All right, guys, let's go through some matchups. We want to do this a little bit differently? I'm going to go to each one of you for a matchup. Yannis, I'm going to start with you. Fulmar on attack, Crystal Palace is defending. Who do you give the advantage to?
3: Um, I I think it's a pickem. I I think it's a pickem. Pick um, I think that the one thing about Palace's back four is they're pretty well organized. And um they don't they don't tend to they don't tend to let soft goals in. And that's why I think, you know, looking at the Zaha thing will Will um, you know for public consumption? Hodgson said he won't condone Zahar's red card. Yeah. But behind closed doors, he'll be absolutely seething because he's lost his best player for a big game this Saturday, and it's through sheer bloody petulance. Yeah. That's the only reason. And there's and there's really no need for it. Um, you know, depending on the, it's going to depend a lot for me how they how they going to, how they're going to set up. You know, Van Arnholt and Tompkins probably play in the middle. Are they going to, you know, that'll be the, one of the issues. Although, you know, Tompkins came off late against... He um, did. He did. Yeah, for, Scott, for for Dan. And I'm wondering if there was an injury. I, I do like Tompkins. I liked him at West Ham. Uh, is that going to have an impact? Uh, I didn't see anything in the Hodgson... Well, I've not heard anything in terms of Hodgson saying that in terms of injury um, issues for... Saturday. If they lose Tompkins, right. that's a big loss. I think it's a pickem. I think the theme that might swing it for us is the momentum from the Brighton game. We're going to have we've got maximum, you know, uh, road support there. Should be a huge confidence. Activity. They should have huge
2: confidence going forward. Absolutely,
3: absolutely. It's a short journey across London for the fans, and they'll be very, very excited. And it should, you know, it should be a bumper crowd. And uh, hopefully we'll carry the momentum of what happened on Tuesday night because Palace will be very disappointed that um, right. they couldn't have got three points down from Mary's because they, they all know that that was a very winnable game.
2: Right. And I also want to mention this, Giannis, is that they're playing three matches in a, in a very short period of time. I think that's a factor in this as well.
3: Yeah. But, but then for that to work, we've got to get off to a flyer. We can't do – um, we can't get off to a sleepy dog. So, um, start like we did on Tuesday night because um, unlike us being at the cottage um, you know the Palace the fans are plenty of to say and um, they will be Palace fans, of, uh, a number of Palace fans are nervous right now because yeah. of where they are on the table and an early goal will really set the, the cat amongst the pigeons um, they're not, you know, they know they've got a, good, a team that's good enough to, 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 to avoid the drop but when you, can you ever legislate for a Newcastle beating Sydney? You can't. <laughs> and for those results to, to come, for those results to happen, you know, you you got to realise that any dog, every dog has its stake. So they will look at this and say, well, this is we should get three points. They've not won away from home this year. They leak like a sieve. We should have some joy here. But if we if we go a goal up on them then, um, you know, I think the home support will start getting restless.
2: Okay, excellent.
3: Max, over to you. Let's
2: flip it. Crystal Palace's attack versus Fulham's defense. Now, their attack isn't the greatest. We know about oh, Fulham's well. defense. Is this a push?
0: <laughs> Who knows? I mean, the way we played this season, I don't think we can ever give our defense the advantage. Um, <laughs> and Palace still have a, lot, have a lot of dangerous players. I think Townsend, is inconsistent, yes. But I can really see his pace troubling. Um, our center backs. Uh, I also think, you know, Jordan Ayu. He's been pretty existent, but he does have an active role in recent matches. Yep. He's kind of caught a bit of form after a really bad start on loan from Swansea. And Ben Teke. I mean, this guy, he's not the player here with the Villa. He's not half the player here with the Liverpool. He's very much washed up. I honestly don't rate him anymore. I think he'll be easy to deal with. And of course, Mozilla, that is who they're attacking really built around. So. Yeah. If there's if there's ever the perfect time to play Palace, it's now. That being yeah. said, we don't really know how fully fit Batchwi will be. I'm going to say slight advantage however, to Palace just because we've gone over how deficient our defenses and it hasn't gotten much better. So I still think they will have the slight upper hand.
2: Okay, excellent. Giannis, over to you. Who's the advantage in central midfield? Because this is sometimes where the match can be won.
3: Oh, what a great what a great question. It's going to depend. It's going to depend on where we start. Um, if he plays Serie alongside Kearney, doesn't play Kearney out wide. Yeah, James was holding. Yeah, I think we I think we've got the edge if they can carry the momentum on Tuesday night. I, I think we could have some joy. But the one thing about Ranieri that baffles is that we never thought we would lived to see the day of Felix Magath Bingo. But Ranieri, you never know what he's up to half the time. Um, Now, if he's bright, he'll go, well, that second half told us everything we need to know. We keep going back to the well. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's my hope that he will do the same thing and not just, you know, decide he's going to start Floyd Aita. And I might be, you know, that, that might be a little extreme. Um, but okay. you know, you know what I'm saying. Where he put, yep. and he, you know, he puts one out from the left field. And you're, know, what's he doing there? Um, sure. I think, and I think the I think the players. To be fair, I think the players will expect that as well. They'll expect the same eleven that went out there second half. Yep. Which means that Sherlock will not start. Which means that Vietto will start. Which means that Kearney will start. Um, and it'll be a and, flat back four. Well, well yeah yeah i i I mean at some point you know there's two ways you look at this, but if you look at what's just happened today with the the deadline, yeah, I think ranier's got to look back and say, okay, we don't have defenders, I need to somehow create a system that's going to somehow maximize what little we have, and a flat back four may be the way to go, where you got or go or go a four four well, you know even a I don't know. It could be a 4 4 2 or 4 1 3, you know, four-one-three-two. Yeah. Um. 2. You know, a, a, a 4 1 4 1. 4 1 4 1, could it work? Yes, you, it could. We, you, you, with Minter as your lone your lone guy. Although Babel coming into the lineup has presented a little bit of a conundrum because you really have to start him. But the problem with Babel is going to be is he ever going to be good enough defensively to track back? And yeah. that's the problem. That's the question mark that's often that, you know, they're against Shirley. In which case, you really have to play with two, but then Babel happens to be good at wide. And then if you've got someone, you know, let's, I mean, Vieto is going to feel aggrieved if he doesn't start. And then Markovic, I mean, tomorrow's the walkthrough. Markovic really won't start Saturday. He's got no chance to show what he can do on the field. But um, it's a conundrum. I I think he just has to maybe slightly tweak this formation um, to get the best. Out of the team shape. Um, because in the first half against Brighton, it didn't work. And when okay. he switched things around at half time, then it did. And I think he just has to stick to that recipe.
2: Okay, excellent. Max, quickly over to you. This is a fascinating one. Who is the coaching advantage?
0: Oh, uh, it's tough. I mean, Harry Hutchins is, is a club legend, he's a legend in, in, in English football, honestly. I think what he's gotten out of this Palace team, I think we give him a lot of credit, but on the face of it, there are a lot of has-beens in that team. There are a lot of players who he's really gotten the most out of, and I think that's just due to his man management, his, his experience. Ranieri, of course, you know, has done great things. He's probably injured the best Premier League title in history, but at Fulham, we haven't necessarily seen that all the time, and he's made some suspicious decisions. You know, Most notably, his I think the biggest one for me is how he's been assessing the odds I think that's a mistake. Also, his uh, insistence in playing Sherlock is also a mistake. I think you really have two uh, disparate views. One is the Tinkerman in your area, and one is Hodgson, who loves consistency and stability. And I think in the modern Premier League, in, this, in these types of matches, stability and consistency is going to win the day. So I'm going to go with Hodgson here.
2: Okay, excellent. All right, guys, to finish the show, this is my section I call Three Keys to Victory. I'll get both of you to give me your three keys to a full victory. But before we do that, Giannis, I'm going to go to you because I always like to get the view of the opposition. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you in the shoes of Roy. How does his team win this match? What would you do?
3: I wouldn't do anything different than what I normally do. I'd just keep it nice and cagey um, and understand that, that we're going to bring a lot of energy in, the hopefully, in the first 20, 25 minutes and try and frustrate us. And then they've got the quality that can cause us a lot of trouble. So, I mean, Hodgson, we all know that Hodgson's all about, you know, repetition, repetition, repetition. Right. I don't expect a lot of different. Even with the loss of Zaha, you know, he's going to say it's only one player. Don't do anything different than, you know, you know how to do in the, the first game of the season. Yeah. He's, and that's, you know, Hodgson will be a legend forever in our eyes. Ranieri has earned legendary status for what he did at Leicester. And Chelsea, I mean, you know, yep. Chelsea fans still still love him, um, but just just be disciplined, and the chances will come because we're leaky.
2: Okay, excellent. All right, Max, over to you. I'm going to put you in the shoes of Claudio Ranieri. What would be your starting eleven and the formation you would use if you were him?
1: Ooh,
0: this is a tough one. Um, first off, flat back four. We played excellent against Brighton with that formation. And you must go with that. So, you know, Rico and goal. Oh, I think Lamar the Ndoy, that's probably the safest bet. I don't think Nordbite is going to be ready to come back in that quick. you got to go Brian on the left, Chris on the right. As much as you don't love it, that's what we have. And then the center midfield three, I'm going to say we have the, the two the two holdings are going to be Chambers and Ferry. I'd love to see Kearney play as kind of uh, the attacking center midfielder, almost you know, last season it was K-Mac, Stefio, Kearney. Yep. I think we can do Chambers, Harry, Kearney. I think I'd really love to see Kearney's central role. Please don't play okay. him out Claudio. Please. Okay. And then up top, I think you have Mitrovic, you have Bob on the left, and then I would go Vieto on the right.
2: Okay. Very good. Very interesting. Okay. All right, guys. Now it's time for three keys to victory for Fulham here. Giannis, I'll give you the honors. Give me the three keys for them to getting all three points. What do they have to do here?
3: Don't drink sarin before the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, oh, three keys to the game. Um, feed off the energy. Well, I think number one, feed off the energy of your fans and the, and the Brighton game. So use that momentum. Number two, stay disciplined and focused, which means none of the individuals' silly little mistakes. And number three, fight. And I think, you know, we, the number one should come because we should be confident. The number two is the one I feel sorry for Ranieri because you can throw as many bombs as you want. But what has killed us has been individual errors. Yeah. And we, we've, they have to be cut out. And number, number three, if the second half against Brighton taught us anything, it's that where there's a will, there's a way. And we fought hard and we wanted the win, and we got the win. So is it maybe, Is it? Did we, have we got to a point where, in, in a way, the pressure could be off? Because we've been said, oh, we're doomed. As I, even look at a, a team like Huddersfield. Huddersfield have 11 points. They're as good as done. But that makes them a dangerous team because they've got nothing to lose. And we're still a bit adrift, but in a way we've got nothing to lose. Right. And in the same time, we could get a result that all of a sudden really drags Palace back into the mire. So let's fight. Let's go. Let's really fight. Let's give our away fans. Let's give them something they've not seen all year. An away win. Here's a thing. And with you. Not, and this is a, a great. This is a great opportunity to get I totally agree, yes. away I won.
2: started the show by saying that this is a great opportunity. I totally agree. For with
3: sure. You. For
2: sure.
0: Let's it's do it. There let's for start
2: them. and get three points. Okay, very good. will get your prediction in a second. Max, over to you. Give me your three keys to victory.
0: Uh, get Mitrich involved. When, when he does well, we do well. That's just obvious. If he doesn't get service, comes isolated, we will struggle. Get Candy on the ball. From the best attacking play um, on Tuesday, once on Candy was involved, we you know how influential he can be. And he has a point to prove. And he's really stepped up to the challenge in the attacking sense. That's number two. And number three is don't don't go behind early. Don't make it hard on yourself. If we can see the first goal, you know, within the first five minutes, like we did against Brighton, we're just giving ourselves a mountain to climb. If we can keep this game at nil nil for as long as we can and try to make it second half in the big push like we did against Brighton, that's how we're going to win, I think. So just try to keep it close early. Limit individual mistakes. That's going to be my third
2: Okay, excellent. Right back to you. It's time for your prediction for this match.
0: Oof. I'm going to say... Palace won, Fulham tail. Okay. Nervy, nervy win. Wow. I'm gonna see some late drama, and I'm going to predict a uh, to get his first full goal as the winner.
2: Wow. <laughs> Over to you, Mister Janaeus. What's your prediction?
0: I think it's going to finish one-one. Uh,
3: I, I, I just, um, I think it's going to be a very good game, and I don't necessarily think that one-one will be a bad result. Okay. Uh, I think we can win. I'm not. I I think Zaha is a big loss for them. Um, But we always find ways of shooting ourselves in the foot. I agree with that. So um, I'm going to say a draw. I'm going to say a draw. And if we get a win, it's a a massive, it'd be a massive, massive boost to this club. It would be a tremendous result. But I'm going to play it safe on this one and say we're going to get a draw.
2: Okay. And I understand why you're doing that. I'm going with Max. I'm going two to one to form. I'm going for another brace for Alexander Mitrovich. He's hot. He is feeling it. I'm going for a two to one victory led by Mitro. All right. Great show, guys. This is a long show. Like I said, it's three and one, but you guys were great. Mr. Janaeus, thank you so much for doing this tonight. I feel like I've just run a marathon. But it's, been a,
3: it's been a wonderful show oh. and a wonderful show and, and um, it, it, isn't it amazing to be well not just a Fulham fan any sort of fan that really in the space of ninety six hours yep. you've got two massive games end of transfer um, window um, and I'm, I must admit I'm having a lot of fun looking watching social media right now because <laughs> Fulham fans are are just hopping um, but remember yep. Yep. remember we've got thirty six hours from now we've got um, we have to get our focus. Uh, back on because we've got a big game against the Palace.
2: Absolutely. That's why we're ending talking about the big match. Max, thank you as always for joining me, my friend.
0: It was a pleasure, guys. You know, Jonathan's right. We we ran the marathon, but the toughest is yet to come. Saturday is going to be a long, long day. That's going to be a very long 90 minutes. But I think we'll know a lot more about the second half of the season uh, come full time. We're going to know if this team has the fight that they need to stay in this division. I'm, I'm just looking forward to it. You know, you get the excitement. I say it's before every yeah. match. I don't know how bad we're doing. You still get yeah. that excitement before kickoff. And, you know, that's what we all love about football. So, you know, let's, let's do it. Let's get three points.
2: Okay, excellent. Great show, guys. But it is time to wrap it up. For my co-hosts, Janis and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for
1: listening to Carter's Talk. The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and term supply, see mcdonalds.com.
1: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk sport powered by fans.